Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of The Bad Broadcast. Happy Monday. Well, you might not be listening to this on a Monday, but if you are, happy Monday. If you're not, happy whatever day you're on. I first want to start off by saying thank you to everybody who came to like the meet and greet slash hangout that we did at Goodly Cookies here in Salt Lake City. It was, I've never been so nervous for anything in my entire life. I thought I was going to vomit on my way over there, but then I met you guys and you guys are all so cool and so fun. And I wanted to hang out with each and every one of you for like hours and hours and hours. It is it was like a very strange feeling and it's kind of narcissistic to be like, Hey, so I'm going to be at this place and you guys can just come meet me if you want. Like it felt really weird, but you guys made me feel so comfortable. It was so fun. And I just want to say thank you to you guys and to Goodly Cookies. That was a really fun thing. And I hope we can do more of them. Also, another little shout out to the Thoughts on Thoughts podcast. I was on their podcast a couple days ago. Well, I don't know when you're listening to this, but I was on there December. Oh man, I don't even know what date that was. Somewhere between the 7th and the 10th, maybe (laughs) on their podcast. I love like the basis of their podcast. It's three therapists. They all met in school, in grad school, and they started this podcast together and it's literally free therapy. It's the greatest thing ever. So head over there if you are in need of free therapy, which don't don't try and tell me you're not because I know that you are. We all are. So I'm recording today, of course, from the beautiful podcast studio here at Kiln, which I love. And we are going to start off with a Dum Dum Club check-in. I asked you guys on my Instagram this week what you wanted to see more of on my Instagram or on the podcast. I didn't really get one clear answer. I got like every answer a couple times. So some of you guys said more Dum Dum Club check-ins, more... Matt, more interviews, more question answer, more uh, submitted stories. It was just kind of an equal, an equal uh, smattering of all of them. So, which is great. It was great news because we that means we can just keep doing what we're doing and kind of a, a mix of all of it. So, we are going to start off with a Dum Dum Club check in, and these are mostly festive check ins, which I did on purpose. I was going to say I didn't do it on purpose, but I did. I wanted to make these Christmas themed. So we are going to do this and then we'll get into the family holiday drama. So first she says, a little holiday dum-dum club moment. You know the Christmas song Last Christmas? 
Well, until last year, I thought the lyrics, hey, until last Christmas, until last year, I thought the lyrics were last Christmas, a Chevy Frontier instead of last Christmas to save you from tears. <laughs> Seriously, I would sing along to this song like that my whole childhood. Then I realized it didn't really make sense. So I listened to the lyrics a little bit better. So yeah. So she thought, I think that's the second verse where it goes, last Christmas, a Chevy Frontier. That is a way better lyric. I think we should change it to that. Okay. I should not have. So I'm going to need Matt to auto-tune that. Next up, she says, this is an entry for the Dum Dum Club. I'll keep it short. When I was in middle school, I was helping my sister cook something and she asked me to get the eggs for her. I opened the egg carton and saw there were white and brown eggs inside. I asked, which one do you want? She looked at me confused and replied, what do you mean? I confidently said, do you want the soft egg or the hard egg? I thought brown eggshells meant they were already hard boiled and white eggshells were the liquid ones. She still reminds me of this to this day. So here's the thing about uh, hard boiled eggs. That should happen. We should be able to see a difference in the shell because people are always like, no, you just spin it on the counter. Do people tell you guys that? Like if you spin it, you'll know if it's hard boiled or raw. And I don't know about you guys, but every single egg I've ever spun like spun on the counter does the same thing. So I've never been able to tell. One time I was on an Instagram live like baking and I went to crack the egg and it was hard boiled. And I have like, there's, yeah. So this makes sense. This is what should happen. When you cook it, it should change color or something. Okay, next. This one, I needed a few moments after I heard this one because this is a new, a new thing for me. Did you guys know that in Melakalikimaka, the Christmas song, it does not it does not say Melakalikimaka is a wise way. It doesn't say that guys. It says Melakalikimaka is Hawaii's way to say Merry Christmas to you. I learned this yesterday. I can't even get over that. How did how 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 did I live this long not knowing that? Well, that's what I say every single time I have my own Dum Dum Club submission. I'm like, how am I alive? But okay, so next she says, I'm excited to submit my most recent Dum 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 submission. I went to the post office for the first time in a decade on a Saturday in December, no less. And the line was out the door. Panicked, my eyes scanned the room. To my surprise, there was a self-serve kiosk with no line. Taking a gamble that it might be out of service, hence the lack of line, I left the checkout line of doom and booked it over. The machine in front of me had a tiny screen like an older ATM, and the screen was filled with a warning message about not mailing fireworks. Who does that anyway? Overwhelmed by the amount of words on the screen, I looked to my left where there is a much larger backlit screen displaying my options for delivery, package, envelope, flat rate, etc., Relieved to see something that seemed more user-friendly, I reached out my index finger to select the entitled package, and with the intensity and confidence of selecting a floor on the elevator, I pushed into a plastic protectant shield that encased the backlit poster that I thought was a touchscreen. The moment my skin was met with hard plastic, I knew I had made a serious error, and to this day, I'm cringing internally. It was too late to disguise it as anything other than a full-on toddler choosing what they want on a paper menu at Olive Garden. A slight glance over my shoulder confirmed the line of witnesses starting to form behind me and solidifying my membership 
to the Dum Dum Club. Okay, nothing is worse than when you do this happens to me all the time when I do something really dumb in public, and I'm by myself. So you there's no buffer like you don't have a friend to be like, Oh, that's funny. Like you just have to like shamefully go back to what you were doing. <laughs> And just accept the judgment of those around you. I'll tell you the worst. I don't know why this came to mind, but this is what it reminded me of. Nothing is worse than going to a vending machine by yourself, but there's like a few people around or maybe even a line behind you and picking your thing from the vending machine and then it doesn't fall. And you have to decide in that moment what kind of person you're going to be. Are you going to shake it? Are you going to pay more? Are you going to leave it? Are you going to get another one? What are you going to do? And you like have to look around and decide. I hate I I hate that feeling. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but when those M&Ms don't fall and you have to make a split decision, on what level of embarrassment you're willing to go to because nobody wants to be the person shaking the vending machine by themselves. What an absolutely dehumanizing thing to do. (laughs) Okay, here we go. So she says, I was watching Love Actually, one of the best. Yes, one of the best. I love Love Actually. That opening scene with Hugh Grant when he's talking about the airport. I'm having a hard time with Hugh Grant after the undoing, but I digress. I was watching Love Actually in the theater with my mom. Love a good throwback in the theater, especially during this pandemic. Anyway, during the film, there's a part where the president of the United States comes to England to meet the prime minister. When the president of the United States is driving in, there's a national anthem playing in the background. No words, just the score. I was so proud of myself for knowing the Great Britain national anthem, though I couldn't figure out how I knew it. Maybe from the Olympics? Then I realized it was the national anthem of the United States of America. And that is how I knew all of the words. (laughs) I had a similar experience to this, except it was with the theme, theme song. Why don't we call them theme songs? The theme song of Genovia. I sang like that tune but I replaced Genovia with Canada. So I thought that I knew the Canadian theme song for my whole life. And then I realized that I was just singing the Genovian theme song. Okay, now it's time to really dive in to holiday family drama. I want to go ahead and say before we start, all the names have been changed. Every single one. No, any name I say is not the real name. So here we go. Hold on to your butts. Okay. She starts. It was my in-laws year for Thanksgiving. So we all went to Las Vegas to stay at their timeshare. My sister-in-law, my brother-in-law's wife is super close with her parents. We were deciding what restaurant to eat at one night. And my sister-in-law insisted on a specific location of a wings chain that was 30 minutes away, even though there were locations closer to where we were staying. We all thought it was weird, but she's hard to please. So we went along with it. Please don't be the one that's hard to please in your in-law family. I cannot stress this enough. I would feel so strange going on vacation with somebody else's family and like dictating where we went and what we did. I don't know. So it goes on. We get to the restaurant and notice she's eating extremely slow. Like we're all done eating and she's still on her second wing. Then all of a sudden her parents, who live six hours away, walk into the restaurant Everyone was very confused except for her parents. Turns out she was missing them. So she invited them to Vegas to spend the night with all of us. (laughs) What? Why would you not tell people? Why would you not tell everybody that you invited your parents? Also, why did you have to pick the restaurant that you had already told your parents you would go to 
if you move the restaurant, wouldn't you just tell your parents where you were going? Also, I know this is not the point of the story, but let's talk about wings for a second. Are wings ever worth it? I know they're fun and they are delicious, but have you ever felt full after eating wings? You, It's so much work and the payoff is not worth it. I, and I'm not even a wing hater. We've made them in our air fryer and they are absolutely delightful, but I just, I don't know if they are, I'm wavering because of the work and you don't, it's okay. It's, that was not about wings. That was about your weird sister-in-law. And that is, that is weird. That is 10 out of 10 weird. So moving on, she says, I have a Christmas family drama story for you. I got married two years ago and we lived with my mom for the first seven months to save money. Just before we got married in October, my brother-in-law's brother moved in upstairs. We will call him John. The night before my wedding, John came into my bedroom with my brothers and said, this is a really big decision. If you have any doubts at all, don't do it. Even if you're in the ceremony and change your mind, I'll be outside with a car full of gas and a bucket of chicken wings. Okay, again with the chicken wings. So, I, of course, did get married in October, regardless of this strange advice, and endured sharing a kitchen and TV room with the family, including John. He kept doing weird stuff from October to December, such as grabbing me from behind to hug me, ugh, lifting up his shirt to show me his muscles, telling me I need to go to the gym more like he does, and much more. Just before leaving to fly home for the holidays, he came downstairs to the basement apartment, knocked on the door, and slowly opened it. We didn't have a lock. He called out my name, walked in, and saw me with my husband, who apparently he wasn't expecting. He said, oh, hey, I just came to say goodbye to you, Ashley. I'm leaving for the holiday. I said, okay, bye, and he left. At that point, I was so stressed with the lack of boundaries that my husband sent him a text a text saying essentially to back off. When John's brother and my sister-in-law flew in for Christmas the same day, John had told them about the text, claiming he had no idea where it was coming from. We didn't plan on talking to them because I figured it wasn't their fault and it had nothing to do with them, but my sister and brother-in-law wanted to clear the air. We then got into an argument of sorts where my brother-in-law didn't believe me, laughed at me, and said, no offense, but John isn't into you. Everyone spent the rest of the holidays tense and uncomfortable, and it caused drama between us for about a year, including a five-page angry email my brother-in-law sent me. We have since made amends, but what a Christmas that was. Okay, so if you are wondering what the textbook definition of gaslighting is, this story comes up. This line right here, no offense, but John isn't into you, makes me irrationally angry. Like what, like this is so, okay, let's, let's get into this. So when a guy is pursuing you or doing something over the line or being invasive or creepy in any way, and then you call them on it, their first thing is, whoa, I don't even like, I'm not even into you. I don't even like you. That's the, that's the toxic masculinity coming up to defend them, like defend their honor because they can't stand the fact that you rejected them. This is obviously a generalization. This is not every man. I just feel like this happens when guys are like, what? I'm not even, I don't even like you like that. Why would you ever think that? It's like, well, you showed up at my house three nights in a row and you stare into my window and you write me love notes. And they're like, that was as friends. Okay. Calm down. I hate that. Let's move along. So she says, I'm going to blow your mind with my family dynamics. The only part of this story that has to do with Christmas is a concert experience. So there's that. So here's some background. My dad's mom, my paternal grandma has been married nine times. 
Two of those time, two of those times, it was to the same guy. Then my mom's dad, my maternal grandpa, has been married four times. Good stuff. My sophomore year of high school was my brother's senior year of high school, and he had a serious girlfriend whose mom had just gotten divorced. My parents went out of town the week before Christmas, and I had a choir concert that I had a solo in. My grandpa was living with us at the time because he too had gotten a divorce without an explanation and needed somewhere to stay. My parents asked him to record my concert so they could watch when they got home. This was before phones had cameras. After the concert, I found my grandpa and he happened to be sitting with my brother's girlfriend's mom that I didn't know was there. He said he didn't get the recording and I was devastated. The next day at school, I kid you not, a friend of mine said he saw my grandpa and my brother's girlfriend's mom making out in the hall during the concert. So they got married a month later and we became estranged. She was his third wife. Now let's talk about how awful my brother's breakup was. Fast forward four years to my freshman year of college. My mom got a call one day that her dad, my grandpa, was in the hospital because his wife, my brother's now ex-girlfriend's mom, pushed him down the stairs and left him. My mom went to the hospital only to find out that my grandma on the other side, so her dad's mom, was there and she was the one who found it, found him at home. What was she doing at his house? Like, do you understand how strange this was? Their story was that he wasn't sure if he could call my mom because they were estranged. So he called my dad's mom while he was, quote unquote, dying at the bottom of the stairs. Now, the timeline is foggy because these two lie all the time. But basically, after he got out of the hospital, he moved back to Seattle where he had lived most of his life. A couple weeks later, my grandma followed. Events unfolded and conversations were had. And it turns out that way back during my sophomore year of high school, when my grandpa was getting divorced... It was because he and my dad's mother were together and having an affair and his wife found out. But wait a minute. He was also fooling around with my brother's girlfriend's mom at the time. My dad's mom and my mom's dad got married, aka my parents are step siblings. My mom is my aunt and my dad is my uncle and I am my own cousin. No, no, I don't know why, but the most disturbing part of this whole story is that your grandpa was caught making out in your high school hallway. That I really can't process, but your parents being step-siblings, this is some Dan and Serena energy. That I, those are the types of stories that you hear about. Like, you know that there's people in the world who have that situation, but I've never known anybody in real life. So now you all know somebody who has that dynamic. Let's go on. I've been dying to have a perfect story to submit to you, and this is the one. So this just happened last Christmas. About this time last year, I was scrolling through Facebook and stumbled across some random Facebook profile that said my brother was a mutual friend. I clicked on it because I had no idea who the person was, and definitely I was being a nosy sister. But as I was looking through the profile details, I noticed that literally every single detail matched my little sister, but the name didn't. Seriously, the date of birth, hometown, workplace, current city, everything. At first, I was like, okay, cool, she has a fake profile, but like she's an adult, 19, so barely, but if she wants to have a fake profile, then whatevs. Then I was being more stalkery, and it said that she was in a relationship, so obviously I clicked on him. Turns out he lived in Alabama, which is like 2,000 miles away from my sister, and he was 40. 
Oh, and her fake last name was his real last name. Hashtag scandal. Anyway, fast forward like a week before Christmas when I told my parents about finding the fake profile and they were like, okay, we will talk to her about this because that's sketchy. But she was only home for December 24th to the 26th. So did this conversation ruin Christmas? Absolutely. Because let me tell you what went down. One, we found out they'd never met in person. Two, she had a second secret cell phone that he was paying for. Three, they had been sending nudes and sexting for months. Four, she was planning to leave her real phone behind when she left after Christmas with a note that said she just left and she was going to run away to Alabama without telling anybody. Five, she asked my grandpa for money for college tuition so she could go to school the next semester, even though she wasn't going back and had already failed three semesters. Six, this 40-year-old man told her that our family were dark spirits and that we were trying to keep her from him even though he was the only person that could make her truly happy. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Pretty sure that's in a psychology textbook under Predator. Seven, they both identify with wolves. I don't even know what to do with that detail. She goes on. After a million lies and three very long days, we convinced her not to run away and she insisted or and she instead went to work for my grandpa where she only stayed for five weeks and then she ran away to her 40-year-old boyfriend in Alabama. She hasn't spoken to me since I thwarted her plan and I think they might be married now. I don't know. They said something to my mom about wanting a Halloween wedding. So shrug emoji. So the 20-year age gap. Should we talk about this? Because I can get behind an age gap as long as they are meeting later in life. Like if a 60-year-old and a 40-year-old got together, I would not worry. But when a 40-year-old wants to date somebody 20 and younger, I I just, okay, I'm going to, this is a hot take. This is a hot take and I'm not saying it's every single situation and I'm not, I'm not saying any of that. But I just think that most people want to feel like they are mature for their age and that's why they're dating older men and they don't want to come to the realization that older men that are looking for somebody who is more easily manipulated usually looks for extremely young girls. That is maybe a hot take, maybe not. If you are in a relationship that has a 20-year gap and you're like happy as ever, I'm not saying this is exactly your situation. But like obviously this one from the story I just read, no 40-year-old who doesn't even live in the same state who wants to move a 19-year-old in with him. I mean, we should all be very worried. We should be. I mean, also they identify with wolves, which I don't know if that's like, is that on My Strange Addiction when he's addicted to being a wolf? And he's like, on every level except physical, I am a wolf. (laughs) Okay, enough of that. Let's go on. She says, my husband's grandparents were at a family Christmas party one year where some major secrets got loose. His grandparents had been trying for their fourth child for three years with no success. I'm assuming this was, this is a throwback story because I don't know any grandparents who are trying for a baby. Okay. At this party, his grandma started talking to her brother-in-law about their tough years of infertility. The brother was in shock. He told her that three years ago, he performed a vasectomy on her husband and he thought it was something they decided together. Grandma was heartbroken and in shock. They divorced soon after. 
Honestly, never heard of a more heartless story. I can't even get the words out for how enraged this makes me. Infertility, I've seen so many of my friends go through it, and it gives me the biggest pit in my stomach, and I want to hold them and cry for a thousand years, because how hard is infertility? I know so many of you have, are, are like, are struggling with it and have dealt with this, and the fact that this husband was to blame and did not tell her and willingly put her through that pain, I want to put this man's hand down a garbage disposal and let it run for an hour. I feel like if somebody did this to their wife, they should be castrated. Like, I feel like that should be their punishment. If you're with me, say I. I. Oh, that's oh, that's a Dum Dum Club submission that I've gotten. So I think people don't know that, uh, like, if you're with me, say I, it's I like a pirate would say it like A-Y-E, like I, not I like me, because it's I and nay, you know? So anyways. All right. We're just going to take a quick break here to hear from this week's sponsor. It's around this time of year where I go from sister to full-time gift consultant. I usually hear from at least one brother a day trying to decide what to buy his wife for Christmas. And I tell them all pretty much the same thing. Buy her nice skincare or schedule her skincare treatments. It's something everybody wants to do, but not everybody thinks to do it for themselves. And you guys know where I go, where Tan France goes, where I'm going to suggest you go, Spa Truve. Spa Truve is a full service Utah spa that offers skincare, Botox, filler, cool sculpting, laser hair removal, CO2 resurfacing, and vaginal rejuvenation. I have had such a great experience every time I go in. I've gotten chemical peels before, which are my favorite. I cannot recommend them enough. Listeners of The Bad Broadcast can use my code MADDIE10 for 10% off your next purchase at Spa Truve, in-store or online at shopspatruve.com. Again, that code is MADDIE10, M-A-D-I-10. Next. This isn't your typical family holiday drama, but this is how Christmas 2015 was ruined by ramen noodles. I was home from college and trying to create some Christmas cheer for my younger siblings since my mom and dad were both working in the days leading up to Christmas. We decided to make gingerbread houses, and of course, we made a huge mess all over the kitchen table. When my parents got home, they said not to worry about cleaning it up before dinner and that we would just have a picnic by the Christmas tree. So we all made sandwiches to eat for our picnic, but my brother wanted to make ramen noodles. So we were all sitting, eating our sandwiches, and he went and made ramen. He walked into the living room with a huge steaming bowl of ramen, and when he tried to sit down, he tripped and ended up spilling it all over his lap. He stood up, stripped down, and ran up the stairs all while screaming. Mom and dad followed him upstairs and helped him get in a cold shower. Of course, my siblings and I found this hilarious. Well, my parents ended up having to call an ambulance. I'll never forget how he was spread out naked on the couch while the paramedics, firemen, and some of our neighbors came running into the house. He spent a few days in the hospital with second-degree burns on his inner thighs and penis. I don't know why she put the word penis in there, but it's what she did. Needless to say, we have had to cancel the rest of our Christmas plans and spent the whole week watching his favorite movies and waiting on him hand and foot. No, that sounds so painful. You know how there are some foods, maybe this is not true, but I feel like there are some foods that like stay hotter for longer. And I feel like ramen noodles and bagels both get so hot and they never cool down. You know when you toast a bagel? 
like the shiny part of it, the outside of it, it's always so hot, hotter than any other bread. Am I right? Okay, here we go. Next one. She says, hello, Maddie. Happy holidays to you and merry reading. Here's the cherry on top for my family for the year of our Lord 2020. My 50-year-old mother decided that this year she wanted a better outlook on her health history since her father died when she was pretty young and there was no one on his side of the family to give her details of the family health. She purchased a 23andMe DNA health and... and (laughs) No, if the story you submit to me starts with a DNA test, it's never going to be good. Uh, She purchased a 23andMe DNA and health analysis kit, swabbed her spit, and sent it into the lab. The day after Thanksgiving, she receives the notification that her results are now live. She logs in and finds her brother, who's also done the same test, is not her full-blood brother, but half-brother, that her father and her father was someone else entirely. My mother calls her mom, my grandma, and calmly lets her know the results. My dad and I are in the room when the phone call is placed. My grandma denies that she slept with someone else, gets super angry, and says the test is wrong and that my mom wasted money. With a little investigation work, my mom was able to connect on social media to someone who is from her biological father's side of the family. They have sent photos and been really welcoming in the last two weeks. The photos they sent of my mom's biological dad have facial features that they both share and they are uncanny. My grandmother finally called my mom yesterday and admitted that she slept with my mom's biological father because she was separated from her husband for a short period of time and it was the 60s and everybody did that. She continued to tell my mom that she couldn't say anything to the rest of her siblings or she would disown her and never speak to her again. My grandma then proceeds to say she's still planning on coming over for Christmas with four of my aunts and uncles and their kids because we all promised to quarantine before. My mom is a pot of boiling emotions and feelings and it's going to blow. I feel so sorry for my mom, but I will be majorly surprised if nothing blows up emotionally over Christmas. I will keep you updated. (laughs) Yeah, never a good thing. 23andMe, I mean, I guess it's good because people can't really lie if they, you know, birth an illegitimate child. Now people are going to know who their parents are. Also, we solve a lot of murders with 23andMe. If you haven't done 23andMe, you might help solve a murder. So you should do it. That's what you really hope for a DNA test. You really don't hope that you're going to get a your father's not really your father notification. Okay, next. Right as I got married, it was pretty clear that spouses of the kids in my husband's family are not really family. Example, it was my husband's on year for Christmas, so we spent Christmas Day with his family. There were only stockings for the blood-related family, and they were packed with personal items for them, nothing for couples. There was also a huge pile of gifts for each sibling. My mother-in-law also went around and gave each kid their favorite treats, drinks, gift cards, new appliances, you name it, they got it. As far as the married-in spouses, there was nothing but a gift bag with dollar store items. I'm not asking for a lot, but it really is the thought that counts. Honestly, the thought that counts goes both ways. Like the present that somebody gives you, if it's meant in a negative way, that thought counts too. The siblings were so mortified that they started sharing things with their spouses to try and include them. My mother-in-law would take things away from the spouse and say things like, they have their own family. Or we already gave to the poor and needy last week. What? Who says that? About their own kid's husband slash wife. It was a bizarre Christmas and now I've learned to expect literally nothing when we go over to my in-laws. What? I have never heard of this. I have never heard of this. I've never heard of a mother-in-law who straight up refuses to include their their in-law kids in their gift giving. 
That is weird. And my mom and I talked about this on our episode uh, for it was forever ago. But we talk about how the older generation thrives on passive aggressiveness. My mom and I talk about this all the time. It's generational. Like there's something about so if you're around my age, I don't know if you're between 20 and 30, your parents probably fall into this category. And they are so passive aggressive. Why? I'm hopeful that like our generation will start calling them out on it. Because really, that is that is like peak passive aggressiveness to not give your in-law kids anything and take presents away from them. I get it. If you don't want to buy two sets of presents, you absolutely don't have to. But you get them something and you write both of their names on it, even if it is a personal item, even if it's a wooden spoon. You write it to both of them. Yikes. Okay, next. When I was in elementary school, my grandma started inviting a female coworker and her son to our holiday parties. They had no family here and she considered her a close friend, so she didn't want them to feel lonely during the holidays. Over the years, as I got older, she continued to come to family functions, Super Bowl parties, Easter dinners, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Now, let me describe, quote unquote, Lisa a little bit for you. This woman was a textbook movie librarian. (laughs) She was around her early 60s, frizzy red hair past her butt. Everything she wore looked like she crocheted it herself and natural nails that were so long it almost distracted me from how dirty they were. From late elementary school to the beginning of high school, I thought this woman was off, and a few weeks before Christmas 2008, boy did it get interesting. For reference, my grandma is a very petite woman that always has her hair and nails done, usually always put together and so sweet to everyone she meets. My grandpa is a good bit younger than her, but honestly looks about the same age, if not older. Does not take care of himself in any way, but still manages to think he is God's gift to the world. Well, as it turns out, over the years, Lisa and my grandpa had been having an affair, and it all came to light right before Christmas. My grandma found out that she was being left for them to be together, and my grandpa told her that Lisa was the love of his life. They filed for divorce, put their house up for sale, and had some pretty ugly fights between not only the two of them, but between my grandma and Lisa as well. Christmas came and went that year, feeling very awkward and uncomfortable, considering Lisa was part of our secret Santa and no one thought to figure out who she had and maybe resolve that beforehand. No one thought about it because my grandpa had Lisa for Secret Santa and now as a mistress. A few weeks later, my grandpa realized he'd made a huge mistake, left Lisa, and tried to get my grandma back. They are to this day still married, despite the fact that we all know my grandma hates him because a divorce would have been too expensive in her opinion. So every Christmas, we try to act like nothing (laughs) happened. And everything didn't explode into a fireball of Christmas hell all those years ago. And I wonder what Lisa is up to. For some reason, I thought that this was going like in the Denise Richards way. So Denise Richards, for those of you that don't know, she was married to Charlie Sheen. And he was cheating on her with with like multiple strippers. And Denise walked outside during Christmas dinner and Charlie was in, or maybe it was Thanksgiving. Anyways, Charlie was in the car with one of his stripper girlfriends and Denise came to the window and was like, you guys are okay, whatever. You both, you can come in for Thanksgiving dinner. And she fed her husband's stripper girlfriend dinner, which I don't know if it's like a power move or an act of kindness, but I think it's pretty cool. I thought that's what you're going to say. Like your grandma took in her husband's mistress, like passive aggressively. Okay. This one's quick. She says, 
My younger cousin has an OnlyFans account and periodically sends content to all the male in-laws. I would go into details, but that's a whole mood right there. OnlyFans, yes. All the power to you. If you have watched True Detective, they say a line in there that changed my perspective on on this. So there's like a house or something where the girls are prostitutes or something like that. And the like, quote unquote, mom of the group who takes care of all the girls, she's talking to Matthew McConaughey's character. And he's like, you should help get these girls out of here. And she was like, so when women have sex, as much as they want, everybody's cool with it. But when they want to start making money from it, now it's like the worst thing that they could do. That's how I feel about OnlyFans. Like, Girls are posting that stuff on Instagram anyways. Now they want to make money off of it. Who are we to say that they shouldn't do that? You know, if you're good at something, never do it for free. The Joker said that, so I don't know if he's like the best person to look up to, but I support you guys following your dreams. A lot of people sell feet pics. I've said it once. I'll say it again. If I didn't have bunions, I would sell feet pics. Okay. Next. My husband and his brothers are such good husbands and fathers. They are supportive spouses. They cook, they clean, they're very involved dads and more. I gave my mother-in-law what I thought was a compliment. And I said, you raised amazing boys. Look at how great they are. She told me that they only did it because their wives work. So the men have to do all of those things. She also likes to remind me that when women work, their children are neglected and latchkey children are the root of all of society's problems. I'm a working mom, so apparently I'm a major part of the problem. No. Working moms are the foundation of everything good. Do not come for my working moms, okay? I will simply end you. If you trash talk working moms, if you trash talk stay-at-home moms, if anything that comes out of your mouth is trash talk towards moms, especially when you yourself are a mother, that gives you bad place points, okay? You lose Good place points when you mommy shame. I think it's 1500. Okay, next. She says, this is long, so I'll try to sum it up. Several years ago, I met this guy in college and he basically pursued me pretty hard after that. Well, harder than any guy had ever had up until this point in my life. I was guy repellent in high school. I just never got asked out or dated anybody. So anyway, we went on a bunch of dates. He was my first kiss the whole nine yards. Time goes by and we're basically dating at this point and randomly multiple weeks into this thing, he tells me he's not coming back next semester and he is going to move back home and go to school there. As you can imagine, I was pretty upset, but he leaves and keeps in close contact with me for years to come. Honestly, I look back on this and think I was such an idiot for staying invested for so long because he essentially strung me along for years. Totally my fault. No, not totally your fault. I'm here to tell you that is not your fault. He would FaceTime, call and text me all the time and it was hard to move on. See, that's his fault. He should have. Okay. I would never put up with that now, but 18 year old me was quote unquote in love. And I thought that it might work out someday. It was foolish. Okay. So about two years later, he starts attending a school that's four hours away from me and continually insists I come and visit. My cousin happened to be attending the same school. So I drove there and stayed with her to see him. I tell her the saga of our story and we basically trash talk him all night because the visit turned out to be super lame. When I got there, I texted him that I had arrived. It was around late afternoon. I waited all night and didn't hear back from him till like 10 p.m. He had nothing planned and looked at me for ideas on what to do in a town I did not live in. It was pretty much the worst. At that point, I felt so embarrassed that I had driven so far to see a guy that begged me to come but was apparently very un- uninterested in being with me. Well, a few months later, my cousin texts me and tells me that he is in one of her classes. What are the odds? 
Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, you know what's coming. They start dating. I have no words. Mind you, my entire family knows about this guy. We're close. They all hate him. I feel as equally betrayed by the union. It gets worse. They get married. This is a person I hope to never think about again, let alone have to see on every holiday. Our families live close to one another, so every holiday is a full extended family function. And I have to what? Make pleasantries with him, who once responded to me telling him I liked him with moose. Literally just said the word moose. Luckily, I'm in a committed relationship now, so it doesn't really matter, but I'd just really rather not, you know? Anyway, I hope you like my story and get some good laughs out of it. What is worse than when you really like a guy and you kind of know he doesn't like you back, but you're just so hopeful that he's going to text you? I remember I liked a guy and he drove somewhere to a softball competition. That should have been my red flag number one is that he was into rec league softball And he drove home and I was like, we're totally going to hang out tonight. And then at like 11, I was like, hi, are you home? And he was like, yeah, I've been home all day. And you're just like, this guy doesn't like me, but I guess I'm just going to stick around because I haven't found my self-worth yet. So it's good to know that you have found your self-worth because that is stupid. Next, a couple years ago, I was dating my sister's husband's brother. So I was dating my brother-in-law's brother. These aren't their real names, but let's just call my brother-in-law Sean and my boyfriend Nick. So at the time, Nick lived with Sean and my sister in their little two-bedroom apartment, and I lived with my mom. So of course, we hung out at their apartment a lot. This often led to us making out on their couch and my sister and Sam walking in on us. We weren't doing anything risque, but still pretty awkward. I have a pretty bad memory, so I just had to call my sister to remind me of some details. It was Christmas Day, and I remember for some reason tensions were already running pretty high. All four of us were at my mom's house. My sister was getting upset because Sean didn't close the door, and I said, well, maybe if you didn't bitch at him all the time. In that moment, my entire life flashed before my eyes. For some reason, I remember what happens next in slow motion. My sister from across the room locks eyes with me. She puts both her hands on her knees, stands up, full out and full out sprints straight at me. She was only 20 feet away and it was terrifying. She makes it to me, body slams me to the ground. Surprisingly, I did not fight back. We both got up and just started screaming at each other. She started screaming at my mom about how me and Nick are always all over each other and how disgusting it is. My mom is not a fan of any pre-marriage physical closeness. If she had it her way, all her children would have their first kiss on their wedding day. So my sis spewing out all the details of my love life, especially with Nick right there, was a huge breach in sisterly trust. There really isn't any ending to the story. I stormed out and got in my car and drove away and then 60 seconds later realized I had nowhere to go. So I turned around and went home. It was double awkward because my boyfriend's cousins had come over to go sledding. So this was all going down in front of them as well. I think the next day we just pretended like nothing happened. Pretty anticlimactic. But if your sister doesn't try to kill you at least once, do you even have a sister? There is this TikTok trend going around of people posting screenshots of their conversations with their sisters. I'm fascinated by sister relationships just because I don't have any sisters. And they're so funny the way sisters text each other. It's like, hey... F you. I hate you. Do you want to go to McDonald's? Hey, you're so stupid. I can't believe you take all my stuff. Hey, can I come in and snuggle me? Like, it's so funny. I love it so much. Next. So some background information to start. My mom has four sisters and one brother. Money is a very sensitive issue for all of them because some of them make much less money than the others. 
Right before the holidays, my mom's brother passed away and left around $18,000 to be divided among his sisters. My aunt Olivia, name changed, was made the executor of my uncle's will, meaning that she was trusted to divide the money up between the siblings. Anyway, my mom's side of the family got together at my aunt's house to celebrate the holidays and have a family reunion. We were doing lots of family activities, playing games, being loud, all that good stuff. Then my aunt Carol, name changed, asked my aunt Olivia when everyone would get their money from my uncle's will. Olivia just kind of deflected and said they'd get it soon, but my Aunt Carol was not satisfied. Several hours later, my Aunt Olivia left to run some errands, and my aunt... Do you guys say aunt or aunt? I know aunt is probably regional accent, because I know East Coast people say aunt. Where did, where did I leave off? Somebody <laughs> wrote me a message and said, hey, you should edit your episodes more because you lose your place a lot and you say it a lot. I'm like, okay, so that one's for you if you heard me say that. Aunt Carol convinced my mom and her other sisters to call the lawyer in charge of the will and see what's going on. She called, put the guy on speakerphone, and asked what, about the money. We all heard him say that my Aunt Olivia took the money weeks ago, and at this point, it's completely out of his hands. Anyways, my mom and her sisters were all super pissed. They called Olivia and confronted her about stealing the money. She shut them down completely and wouldn't admit that it had happened or say if she'd spent the money. She didn't come back to the family reunion. She didn't speak to anyone for months. My mom and her sisters pressed charges and Olivia ended up signing a paper in court saying she had to pay the money back eventually. As for what she used the money for, none of us know. The weirdest part, after all of this went down, everyone still gets together every holiday and it's almost like nothing ever happened. I don't know, man. My family is weird. This seems very common in families, like people just not talking about it. Like we can get together. Let's just act like that doesn't exist in our family. I would I would venture to say that I have practiced that. Like, let's just pretend that's not happening. Okay. Last one. We have a Christmas tradition, in quotes, called passive-aggressive Santa. Let me explain. My mom has some narcissistic tendencies, and my dad just kind of lets her go with them. She is also a perfectionist, so everything must be done to her specifications. Anyway, I grew up being told constantly that I didn't smile enough, that I was ornery, and that I was a smart aleck, but I never expected Santa to be the one to tell me about it. Anyway, every Christmas, our gifts would be under our stocking with a folded up piece of matching wrapping paper with our name on it that says, Love, Santa. One year, the card was a little bigger, and there was a note attached. Dear, my name. If you smiled more, maybe your friends and family would like to be around you. Love, Santa. <sighs> I was used to these backhanded comments, so I rolled my eyes, crumpled up the note, and threw it in the mix of shredded wrapping paper. Later that day, when the gift unwrapping had died down, my younger brother, probably 13 or 14 at the time, and I were comparing our Santa notes. His said something along the lines of, maybe if you had practiced the piano without complaining, you would have gotten that eye touch. Oh my gosh. At least it was comforting to know that I wasn't the only one Santa had complaints about. That evening, we had my grandparents, aunts, and uncles over for our annual Christmas appetizer dinner. That sounds fun. All appetizers. That sounds very fun. Okay. And my aunt arrived early to visit with us. We sat around the kitchen countertop and she asked us what we got for Christmas. I responded, well, I got a really great note from Santa. Want to hear what it said? Thinking it was going to be a cute little note, she excitedly said that she wanted to hear it. When I recited the note that I got, she had a shocked expression on her face and yelled across the kitchen, 
Did Santa really say that to her? My dad tried to deny it and laugh it off, but my brothers rushed downstairs to their rooms and revealed their notes to my aunt, who with such shock and horror told my dad off that she couldn't believe that he would let my mom write these notes about her children on Christmas Day. My younger sister, who's the family favorite and was probably about 10 at the time, said, well, I got a note too, but mine wasn't mean like yours. Mine said, Dear, her name, you are such a joy to have in your family. I love your sweet spirit and sparkling personality. Love, Santa. Turns out Santa really does play favorites. At least this is a shared experience my siblings and I can bond over, and we laugh about it now. After that year, Santa never sent another passive-aggressive note again. I think my dad was too embarrassed that it had gotten out that our Santa was a real bitch. (laughs) My husband still can't believe this is what I grew up with, and when we were dating, he asked (laughs) me to tell his roommates the story. It really is a little insight into my life growing up with a narcissistic mother. Now, every Christmas Eve, my siblings and I send a text chain around (laughs) giving each other passive aggressive Santa notes, but it's all in good fun and we really have a good laugh over it. Can you imagine moms out there that are that are Santa for their kids? Can you imagine using that opportunity to tell your kids what you don't like about them? That is trauma in the in the purest form to do to your kids. You're not only are you telling your kids that you don't like them, you're letting Santa do it. Who everybody else at school is saying give them nice presents and is the best thing in their life. Your kids are having an experience with Santa that makes them think he hates them. Sounds like you need to give the Thoughts on Thoughts podcast a listen because that is some therapy stuff. Thank you to everybody who submitted a story. Um, We are going to continue the festive episode, so keep an eye on my Instagram for the weekly question. You can always email me Dum Dum Club submissions. They do not need to be Christmas themed. You can send those in anytime. Also, if you could, please go subscribe, rate, review, and I hope you guys have a wonderful, safe week. Remember my DMs, my email, all of it. It's always open for anything you guys need. If you just want to complain about your family and have it go nowhere, you can write that all out to me and send it to my DMs. I did a little box. This is random, but I did a little box on Thanksgiving that people could just complain openly in. I didn't read a lot of them, but I just always want you guys to have somewhere that you can complain judgment-free and know that it's okay if your family's stressing you out or you're sad you can't see them, all of that good stuff. You know I'm you know I'm on that train. So have a great week. I will talk to you guys soon. Love you. Bye. Bye.